Father in heaven, we're thankful today that uh, you um, who are sanctified and are sanctifying us are one, as we were reminded last night, that you're not ashamed to call us brethren, and you're not ashamed to enter in with us and help us, and that you're, you, 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 want, you were touched with the feelings of our infirmities and you understand all of those things and you know how to lead people to health physically and spiritually and, and in every way mentally so we thank you we ask that you would do that you would bring healing and help and hope to us and then through us as a result of this seminar in Christ's name we pray amen good morning I am glad to be here with you and we've had some good information the last couple of days. But I know that there are probably some of you that are sitting out there and you're saying, after Dr. Nedley yesterday, who's a walking encyclopedia, I am not a health professional and how am I expected to do health ministry? Well, I'm here to tell you that I am not a health professional either. I, my background is in education, however, I have taken many classes in nutrition and I have conducted many nutrition classes and I've conducted health expos and I've conducted exercise classes and stress management classes and many health classes. And the thing is that you can do it too. So I want to inspire you today. I want to give you a wealth of information. I want to give you some solid uh, foundational material. But in addition to that, I want to inspire you to go and do what we've been talking about. Because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? And that's where it really happens. So I want to inspire you to do it. Some of you may be health secretaries in your church and you are saying very little has happened. I don't know where to begin. What's the strategy? What do I do? How do I fit this into the whole thing of the church? And so today what I want to do just very simply is that I want to in the first session just give you a strategy for health ministry. I just want to give you seven simple tips. Seven tips. And then in the second session, what I want to do is I want to take you into uh, health ministry. What is health ministry? Uh, how can you, uh, why should you even conduct a health ministry in your church? And so I hope that you will not feel like I'm not a health professional, I can't do it. Because one of the keys, when you have not been uh, in the line of a physician, a nutritionist, a dietitian, or some of these areas, then hide behind the professionals. That's what we do. We give the scientific material, and I personally hide behind the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. Because whatever you say from heaven's perspective is going to be right. So you can't miss when you stick to what God has given us as a church. So if you read it in the books, 
Ellen White was inspired just as the biblical writers. She was just as inspired. The only difference is, is that the Bible was written for all time. The gift of prophecy was written for n time. But there's no difference in inspiration. And so we will cover a lot of things from the modern day gift of prophecy because we as Seventh-day Adventists have insight into things that the world knows nothing about. And you have something to say to the world. So if you are a health professional, I hope you will use your gifts and talents and your profession for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not a health professional, you can still do health ministry and health evangelism. And what you need to do is hide behind the scientific evidence and hide behind the biblical and spirit of prophecy evidence. And then you will be successful. So with that, I want to give you a strategy, a simple, simple strategy for health ministry. Some were asking me in the class, tell me very practically, where do I begin? How do I start? What do I do? And so, first principle is to consider the end before the beginning. Wow, what does that mean? Consider the end from the beginning. Well, what is the ultimate result that we want to accomplish in the overall plan of the church? What is your goal? Where are you headed? Is health just kind of a program that you stick in at the church? Is health ministry just something that you do occasionally? Or is it connected to an overall strategy? You see, evangelism, my friends, is not an event. Evangelism is a lifestyle. Evangelism is a process. Evangelism is not where a big time evangelist comes to town and whips everybody up into a frenzy and you know everybody's got to do something in you know evangelism and then the preacher preaches and leaves and everybody is kind of left limpless you know and no evangelism is a way of life evangelism is a process and so we need to consider the end result. What are you trying to accomplish with your health ministry? And we're going to go into the second session of some very specifics of why you should and why we should conduct health ministry in our churches. That is a powerful, I have a lot of scientific evidence, I have a lot of uh, things from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy that will inspire you to have health ministry active in your church. Because how many of our churches have health ministry directors, but our health ministry lays dormant? It's not active. And so we want to activate that. So we want to consider first the end from the beginning. In other words, what is the end result? And the end result really is 
that you want to do something to lead people to a spiritual life, right? I mean, you say, wait a minute, Mrs. Finley, do you have an ulterior motive? And the answer is yes. Someone said that, yes. Jesus did, didn't he? He said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I give you, you're never going to thirst. So even though Jesus had a personal interest in the man by the pool of Bethesda, the woman by the well, the man with the withered arm, all of these things, and he wanted to help them physically, his ultimate goal was to help them spiritually. And so that is our goal. So we look at this. And so how do you do it? How do you do it? The best way that I know after being in this work for 42 and a half years and 35 of those in full-time evangelism, including health evangelism, the best way that I know is to have a strategy of a countdown calendar. And that's what we have. Every time we have an evangelistic campaign, we have a countdown calendar. I just finished a campaign in Portland, Maine, uh, this last, uh, about a year and a half ago. And I had a count, my own campaign, not a Mark Finley campaign, but a Teeny Finley campaign. And you can do it too. We train and teach people how they can follow up with their own evangelistic meeting. And we'll talk a little bit about that too as well. But wow, what is this? What's happening here? Uh, what are we doing? Let's just cancel that maybe. Okay. Um, so you want to have a strategy. You need a strategy, a calendar. So you put every single thing that you're doing and you start from the end. And do you know what the end is? What are you going to have as your follow-up to your health ministry? When is your evangelistic or some kind of reaping, whether that's by video, by DVD, whether that's by a pastor's Bible class, whether that is by an evangelistic series, whatever it is that you choose to follow that up with, you start at that point. And you put in your evangelistic calendar, okay, my evangelistic meetings are going to be uh, October and November. And if you have your meetings in October and November, then your strategy is to have your health programs working right up until you come to that evangelistic series because you want to transition these people into your meetings, right? You see, my friends, the reason we get so few results, so few results in our health ministry are tangible spiritual results in our health ministry, one of the reasons is that it's disconnected. We have, oh, we have a stop smoking plan over here. And then we have a, a cooking school over here. And then we have a chip program over here. And then we have uh, a weight management over here and a stress management over there. And there's nothing connected and nothing to follow it up. And so we need a strategy to, to put it all together. 
And then we follow up with an evangelistic meeting. And when I do my nutrition classes, I have five classes. And I'll be going over that, but I have five classes. And in the last class, I simply transition my people into the evangelistic meeting. And so we'll be talking about ways of doing that. So you have an overall strategy, you have a countdown calendar. We do that with all of our preparation work. We're working in the city of Chicago right now, and I just trained over 100 Bible instructors. Our Bible instructors are now working in a program called Soup and Salvation, and they are out there getting Bible studies. Now we're going back again this next week and we are training them in how to do home Bible seminars. And we'll have home Bible seminars on the book of Daniel. And we will have 12 weeks before the evangelistic meetings, we will have everyone starting in chapter one of the book of Daniel and go 12 weeks all the way up to the evangelistic meeting. And that's the way it works with your health programs. So if we have an overall strategy, we'll have much more results because you now have something to connect these health contacts to. So you have an overall strategy. Then the second principle is simply to select your team. Select a team. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Did Jesus spend any time selecting his team? Did he spend any time praying about his team? And do you have a team? A health ministry secretary cannot do it by himself or herself alone. You need a team. Jesus could not finish the work by himself. After 33 and a half years, Jesus went home, right? He went back. He was ascending higher and higher, and even gravity could not keep him down. He defied all the laws of gravity because he was going up. But now he was dependent upon his 12 disciples to carry on the work. And it says in Luke 6, verses 12 and 13, now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to God. So he continued how long? All night. All night. What was he praying about? What was he praying? And when it was day, he called his disciples to him. And from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. So Jesus prayed all night as to who would be on his team. And you see, Jesus trained the 12, the 12 trained the 70, and the 70 trained the multitude. And we need a team. You need a team. And so we need to be thinking about a team. If you are the health ministry director, then you can start forming a team and 
soliciting a team and asking people to join your team. If you're not the health ministry director and you want something to happen in your church, rather than just doing it solely and alone because we're not nearly as effective alone as we are together, then approach the health ministry director and say, I would love to be on your team. I want, I've learned about health ministry. I'm uh, a health professional and I can help you. I'm, uh, I have the gift of helps. I'm not a health professional, but I have the gift of helps and I will help you. And so you determine where you're going to fit on that team. And many of you can be part of a team and many of you can be leaders of a team. And so first you want to select your team. What are the qualities of your team? What are some of the qualities of your team? Well, first of all, you're going to need some people who love people. Now, what do I mean by that? You say, everybody loves everybody. Well, maybe not everybody is maybe as gracious or as hospitable or as friendly or as kind as some others and maybe the ones that are a little more outgoing you might want to use as your <clears throat> team at the door as your greeters because you're going to be organizing your your health ministry into programs and in those programs you're going to need somebody at the door greeting you're going to be needing somebody registering you're going to need somebody behind the scenes cooking the food in the kitchen. And maybe the people who are not quite as friendly but want to be involved because there's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. I had a uh, Bible instructor training class and I had someone that came to my class that was actually mentally retarded. And someone came to me and said, Mrs. Finley, I mean, we have to go out and give Bible studies. How are you going to use so-and-so? She shouldn't even be here in the class. She can't do this. What are you going to do? Are you going to use her? You can't use her. And I said, of course I'm going to use her. I mean, God has a place for everyone in his vineyard. God has a place for everybody. And so she said, how can you do that? It's not possible. And I said, well, I'm going to ask her to be a part of our prayer ministry. And as our Bible instructors go out and give Bible studies, I'm going to ask her to stay with the team at the church to pray for the people giving Bible studies. Amen. And I did. I went to her and I said, called her by name, so-and-so. We're so glad that you're here in the class. And I know that uh, you're probably wondering, you know, exactly what role that you will play in this Bible study ministry. Well, I am here to ask you to play a special role. And would you like to be part of our prayer ministry as the team goes out and gives Bible studies? You're praying for the people that are getting the Bible studies and you're praying for the people giving the Bible studies. And she was all excited and there was a place for her. So there's a place for everybody, and you need to choose who's going to be in the kitchen, 
Who's going to be serving? Who's going to be at the door? Who's going to be greeting? So you choose a team and you choose people that love people because if they have a love for people, it does not matter what position you are in. You, you see, because when God gave the gifts, he gave the gifts to everyone, right? Everyone as he wills, Corinthians says. And so you have a gift and need to determine where you're going to use that gift. So if people have a love for people, it won't matter what position they have. We're not worried about honor and fame and position. You see, because there's no star, quote, unquote, soul winner, or even star evangelist. There's no star because though he who wins souls will shine as the stars forever and ever, scripture says, right? So if you are a soul winner, you are going to shine as the stars forever and ever. And so you choose people, and then you choose people easy to work with. In other words, people that aren't going to be vying for position, people who aren't going to be uh, criticizing everything you do, people who are complaining about this is just too hard. This work is taking too long. I work from eight to five. I don't work any overtime. Sorry about that. I can't be here. No, you want people who are going to pull in because when you're in evangelism, some people are going to have to work overtime, right? I, I've done a little bit of that myself. <laughs> I've worked overtime because you're reaping a harvest. And do you think the farmer out there that's reaping has to work overtime? He may have to work all the way up until sunset, right? Even if the sun sets at 8 or 9 at night because he's got a harvest to reap. So you want people who are excited and exuberant and easy to work with and you want people with varied gifts there are so many gifts when you read first corinthians 12 and jesus gave turn in your bibles to first corinthians 12 first corinthians chapter 12 and it says if you look at verse 11 but one, and he's talking about now concerning spiritual gifts, verse 1. And then he says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing what? To each one individually as he wills. So God has given the gifts to everyone. Not one person has all the gifts. Oh, I know as you see Dr. Nedley stand up here and he can just talk about any disease or any, you know, uh, medical situation and answer the questions you think wow he's got all the gifts god has given him many gifts but he doesn't have all the gifts and you have some of those gifts because god has distributed to each one as he wills and so you need to look at what gifts are going to contribute to the health ministry that i'm conducting and so you uh, work with those people in those gifts. What are the qualities of your team? 
people, first of all, who are committed to the health message. If you are having a health program, you need someone who is committed to the health message, right? Not someone that says, ah, you're so fanatical. I can't, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna do this. I mean, come on, are you telling me that a vegan, vegetarian diet is the way to go? Well, I'm gonna show you in the second session what science and the spirit of prophecy says is the way to go, okay? So we're gonna go right to that in the second session of what way do we go? If we are holding a health program, if we're specifically holding a nutrition class or a cooking school, what way do we go? We're going to share what way we should go, and I will share that. So you want people who are committed at least to the health message, not someone that's gonna badger you all the time and you know, this can't be done, nobody's gonna accept it. Listen, I have seen literally hundreds all around the world that have um, accepted Christ because of the health message. And listen, even if someone does criticize you, just say, I'm going to do it anyway because God will bless you if this is in his providence for you to do that program. Because look, I've had opposition. When I went to Copenhagen, Denmark, and if you think it's difficult to have programs here in North America in evangelism or health evangelism or public evangelism, try Copenhagen, Denmark, where there's only about 2% that even believe in God. And when I went there, they said, you can't have a cooking school here. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nobody's going to come. You won't even get a dozen people. And I said, well, if we get a dozen people, that's more than you have already without doing it, right? <laughs> and so maybe we should try it. And if we get a dozen people, praise the Lord. But let's try it. I'm willing to go down. I don't know anything about uh, all the foods that you have, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to go down to your markets, and I'm going to learn what you have here, and I'm going to adapt it. Don't worry. It's not going to be Americanized. It's going to be... Denmark, and I'm going to go down and learn what I need to do here in this country. And let's just try it and see if it works. All right, so we began to really work, really prepare, really organize, really get ready for this. And I organized my team, and I got people together, and I got some of those Danes behind me. And I said, let's go for this. Let's now do the advertising and see what God does. Let's get the prayer warriors praying and see what God does. And we did. And do you know what? I had 120 people at my cooking school in Copenhagen, Denmark. In fact, I had a double header because the room they gave me only sat between 50 and 60 people. Now, if you've ever done a double header evangelistic meeting, you know the work in it. I do them regularly. Mark preached the opening meeting six times in Melbourne, Australia and nine, nine times, but in different venues. So we had three different venues, but in one venue, several times, six times, okay? 
but nine times opening session. He said, oh, it can't work in Melbourne, Australia. It's too secular. Whew. I mean, we had a 7 o'clock session. We went to then a 5 o'clock session, had a 3 o'clock session, then a 1 o'clock session. said, where do we go? Well, we might as well try a 9 o'clock session. But you know what? It was a success because all the young people came. And we, so, so if they say it can't be done, just launch out because God can bless you. And this is what happened in Copenhagen, Denmark. And we had a double header cooking school. I mean, you gotta have all those trays ready. You gotta have all those, you know, samples ready. You've gotta have all those demonstrations ready. And you gotta have one right back to back against the other as the people are going out and the people are coming in. And yet God bless. So you may have some people who can criticize, but if they're committed, then you will be able to have success in your health programming. And then people who are committed to Jesus and soul winning. If you're committed to Jesus, if you're committed to soul winning, then get a team together and there isn't anything that you cannot do without the help, with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's going to give you the wisdom and the understanding and he's going to give you success. So people who are committed to soul winning. And then number three, train and equip your team. Now this is just really, really exciting. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12 again. 1 Corinthians 12. And it says in verse 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. If you grasp what this text is saying and do it God's way, God will bless you. Because we sometimes think when we have spiritual gifts, we need a spiritual gifts test to find out what we can do. But God says, have gifts, ministries, and activities. So here's how it simply works. You set up the ministry, which is, in this case, health ministry, okay? So you set up the ministry in your church, health ministry. And then you have the activity. You plan, you set up the health ministry, you plan the activity, and the activity may be a CHIP program, stop smoking, stress, it may be, um, it may be a cooking school, it, whatever that program is, you set up first, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, you first set up your ministry, okay? Then you plan your activity, and then you will use the gift. If you have the gift of teaching, you will use the gift of teaching. If you have the gift of helps, you can use that certainly in the kitchen, right? If you have the gift of hospitality and friendliness, you can use that as you are at the door greeting people. So you have gifts, ministries, and activities, and this is how you can have success in your health ministry. 
So if you are a health ministry director, set up your health ministry team. If you are just uh, a part of the team, then work with your health ministry director and something will happen. Now, train and equip a team is our third point. Train and equip a team. Ministry of Healing 149 says this, every church should be a training school for Christian workers. If we had this one concept, this one concept, I believe that it would transform our churches. I teach this in my training in Light Your World for God, in my Bible instructor training. Every church, does that mean your church? Does that mean my church? Does that mean the church in Africa, the church in Australia, the church in Europe, the church in North America? It means every church should be a training school for Christian workers. What does that mean? That simply means it should be a school. It should be on a Monday night, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, you have a school and you're training your people in various ministries, in this case, health ministries. Well, she goes on to tell us exactly what we should be doing in that. She says its members should be taught how to give Bible readings. So I tell my people, we should have one night of just teaching people how to give Bible readings. You see, my friends, the church is the least economical building in the world because it is used only once a week for a few hours on Sabbath or Sunday morning. But we should be utilizing the church every day of the week. On a Monday, you have a class on how to give Bible readings. On Tuesday, you have a class on how to conduct and teach Sabbath school classes. Do we need something in that? Oh, yes. How many of you have ever been to a Sabbath school class when you've never even studied the scriptures? You've just batted back and forth ideas. And yet we need, or how many of you have ever been to a Sabbath school as a visitor and you've never been greeted by anybody? We should be teaching how to conduct our Sabbath school classes, right? How to best help the poor and care for the sick. I asked my friends in Africa, do you have any poor here? Do you have any sick, I asked, in India? Do you have any poor? Do you have any sick people? Oh, yes. Well, maybe on a Wednesday night, Tuesday night, we should have a class on how to help the poor and care for the sick, how to work for the unconverted. Are there any unconverted people around you? Do we need to know how to help them? There should be, and this applies specifically to our class here today, and this is a direct quote from Ministry of Healing, page 149. It goes on to con be continued. There should be schools of health. Wow, on a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Tuesday, a Sunday night, we should be teaching schools of health. And then she says cooking schools. We should be teaching people how to have a cooking school so that they can have and plan one in their church, right? And then she says there should be classes in various lines of Christian help work. There should not only be teaching, but actual work under experienced instructors. 
I told my people in Australia when I went to Melbourne, I was teaching a class in how to give Bible studies, and I said, and, and we were doing door knocking, they call it door knocking there, you know, we call it door to door work, and they call it door knocking, and they, I said to them, if I'm gonna teach you a class in door knocking, can I go out with you and knock on a few doors and do some surveys and some door-to-door -door work myself? I know I'm not a, an Australian, and I know my accent gives me away, but um, do you think that it's possible for me to go out? Will they accept me as an American? Oh, yeah. Well, there were some that thought door knocking couldn't even work in Australia. I mean, when it's so secular, if you think this country is secular, when it is so secular that the sports page is literally called the religion page, and sports is their religion, and yet God blesses with over... Uh, nine sessions of opening meeting in the evangelistic meetings, there are people on the verge of the kingdom around the world waiting to be gathered in, right? And so I said to them, can I go out and knock on a few doors? Because I believe there are some people behind those doors that would accept Bible studies. We were going specifically to do a religious community, religious survey and ask people about Bible studies. And we went with just a few of us, just to start. You know, it's better to start small and build, right? And so we started with just a few. We put two on this side of the street and two on that side of the street. And we went out door to door. And do you know that in just a few couple of hours, we had 21 Bible studies in Melbourne, Australia. And so you can do it when you go out with them. There should not only be teaching, but actual work under experienced instructors. Let the teachers lead the way in working among the people, and others uniting with them will learn from their example. And so, if you go in there to have a health program, and you're working to organize it, and you're working to uh, you know, put all the trays together and, and everything, I don't just have someone else, uh, I don't just stand up there and do all the demonstrating and all the lecturing in my cooking schools. I do a lot of work behind the scenes. I make scores of loaves of bread. I make lots of granola. I make lots of different things behind the scenes and I'm in there working with the team. And so you're actually working with your team. So train and equip a team. So first, know where you are headed. Then ch second, choose your team. And then third, what is it? Train your team. So the first step is to take the end from the beginning. What is your goal? What is your ultimate goal? Where do you want to go? Plan a calendar. Second, cho uh, choose your team, select your team. Third, train your team. Then four, determine your program and select your materials. So what are you going to do? How, see, I want this to be very practical for you when you go home. It's nice to hear, you know, nice lectures, but I want you to do something when you leave here. And so this class, I want to be very practical. So determine your program and select your materials. Are you going to have a cooking school? Are you going to have 
displays, food displays? Are you going to have uh, five classes, four classes, three classes? What are you going to have? What are your materials? Now we have natural lifestyle cooking materials. That's our own materials. But what materials are you going to use? So you select your team, you select your program. What are you doing? Are you going to do something on vegetarianism? Are you going to do something on weight control? Are you going to do something on exercise? Are you going to do a health expo? Are you going to talk about physical activity and the benefits? Or are you going to talk about all the hazards of uh, inactivity, heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, cancer? anxiety and depression. Are you going to have a series on depression? Are you going to have something on diabetes? Are you going to have something on heart disease? You have lots of graphics out there today. I have thousands of graphics on my computer that I use all over the world. So what are you going to do? Choose the program. Choose something that is relevant to your area. Because all areas are different. When I go to Africa, I may need to have something on AIDS. I may need to have something on an impoverished diet in India. So, you know, you have to choose what is relevant to you. Or are you going to do something on water? I teach water all over the world. It is incredible. When I was in Papua New Guinea, I talked about all the benefits of water, the no-calorie wonder, and I talked about all the benefits of water on the inside and on the outside. And the next day, they told me that every bottle of water in Papua New Guinea was gone because they wanted water. They saw that I talked about dehydration and how uh, most people are dehydrated and don't even know it. And so you're going to talk on the eight natural remedies on water, on the benefits of water. What are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about tea and coffee and soft drinks and some of the hazards uh, of that? Are you going to talk about AIDS? Are you going to talk about heaven's gift of sunshine and all the needs for vitamin D today? What are you going to do? That's the question. Are you going to have a chip program? Are you going to have a depression program? Are you going to have a stop smoking program? Are you going to have a cooking school and actually have demonstrations? Are you going to do something at a health expo? Are you going to have a, uh, you know, whatever you choose. There's so many, uh, weight control, stress management. What are you going to do? So you choose your program and you choose your materials. You select and do your advertising. You select and do your advertising. Now, I need to talk a little bit about advertising because that is the first thing that you do when you have a health program after you've selected your team, after you've chosen your program, after you've trained and equipped your team, then you do your advertising. Because let me tell you something, class. You can have the best program in the world. You can have the best lecturers. You can have Dr. Nedley come. You can have um, the CHIP program with Dr. Hans Deal. You can have a cooking school, Natural Lifestyle Cooking, with Teeny Finley or anybody. You can have whatever you have. But if you don't get people there, you're not a you can't have success, right? So you got to get people there. So let me talk to you about a little bit about advertising, OK? First of all, Try to get something in the newspaper. 
Get something in the newspaper. Everybody on the food, with the food editor, you say, but I don't know how to do this. Neither did I, years ago. Now, I happen to have a laminated copy of my, some advertising in 1973 at the Better Living Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now, don't think that I'm overweight here. I was eight, almost nine months pregnant with my, um, with my daughter, my second daughter. But let me tell you how this opened up advertising basically for all of North America. We were going to have a cooking school. Now, I was not really uh, a pro in doing cooking schools. I'd only been doing them for about three or four years by that time. I started in 1969. This was 1973. So four years I had been doing them. And in my next session, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, the first one and the results. But uh, I had um, my first I, I was having actually um, a cooking school and I conducted one on Sand Mountain and there was a physician and his wife who was a nurse who wanted to have a nutrition class in the city of Chattanooga. And they said to my husband, but Pastor Finley, we do not know how to do advertising. Would you do some advertising for us? And so he went down to the newspaper food editor and said, well, I've had a little bit, in my a little bit of experience in my ministry of advertising. I'll see what I could do. So we were going down there to have uh, some advertising on a vegetarian cooking school that they wanted to do. So when he went to the food editor, she said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm not really interested in vegetarianism. I'm interested in homemade bread making. Do you happen to know anybody who does bread making? And he said, well, my wife, as a matter of fact, makes bread every week, um, whole grain bread. Um, maybe I could bring you by a loaf. And he started talking to her about you know, the bread and so forth. And, and then she said, well, what, could I come and interview your wife? And so I was not with him on this first visit. And so he said, yes. And so he came home to me and he said, now, honey, I want you to have bread in every stage that you can think of. I mean, here's the bread, you know, with all the ingredients. Here's some bread you're mixing up. Here's bread coming out of the oven. And here's bread, you know, that's already done. And uh, so being an obedient wife, I said, okay, I didn't know why I was doing this, but I will do this. And, and we have an interview. Well, the newspaper editor came to my house and she interviewed me and she interviewed my husband and then she interviewed me and then I went in the other room with the photographer because they wanted to take pictures of some of this bread coming out of the oven and everything. And so we finished and they left and I couldn't believe it. The next day there was this big article in the paper and at the end, it said to register for classes, call. And I said, oh, Mark, someone's having bread classes. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, Mark Finley, I have never done a bread class in my life. I wouldn't even know what to do with the bread class. And he said, oh, it's easy. Just think about what you want to do and do it. You know, everything is easy for Mark Finley. And so, uh, so I said, I mean, I'm, I'm nine months pregnant. 
you know, and, 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 and when, when is this class going to be? And so I went down to the Better Living Center to find out some information about it. And I heard the lady on the phone say, oh, yes, we are having a bread class here, but it is completely full. So we're going to have one next week, too. And I thought, now I have two, and I haven't even had one. <laughs> and, and, and so I had to think about what I was going to do in a bread class. Well, first of all, I know I have to have bread that I'm going to mix up, right? Then I've got to think, hmm, bread takes about an hour and a half to rise. Wait a minute, I've got to have that made ahead of time because I've got to punch that down in the second stage in front of these people, so I've got to have that ready. Well, then I've got to have some done because I've got to have that coming out of the oven, and I, got, I need to feed them, so I need some that's you know, already done. And I thought about this. I deliver, actually delivered my baby before the bread class, sat with a bassinet beside my demonstration table, and had my first bread class. And I tell you, we got about $2,000 worth of advertising in here absolutely free. And do you know what? In 1974, we went into full-time evangelism. We were using health ministry. We went to the food editors, showed them the article, and they literally came to my class. We had big full-time advertising in the newspaper, absolutely free. You can go down to the food editor, and you can actually get free advertising for a free community service that you're doing in a cooking school. So advertising is important. We're talking here about advertising, selecting your advertising. In addition to that, I've learned that you can use radio ads. I have radio spots. I do radio spots, 30-second spots, one-minute spots, all absolutely free, free community service. In addition to that, when I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee in net 95 I went down to the television station and they I thought I'm going to ask them for some time made an appointment went down there with all this food I had vegetarian patties and I had vegetarian roasts and I had all of these different things for breakfast granola and all kinds of different things and they put me on the show and they were to give me about five minutes well, it ended up that I had about 15 minutes, and that's a long time in television. And it, it was absolutely amazing because they showed that at about the 5 o'clock news time, and we had, oh, I had over 700 people in my cooking school. Over 700 in my cooking school. And so I take advantage of any advertising you can get free newspaper advertising, you can get free radio spots, you can even get free television. All, I just did television spots, again, in some other places, and free advertising. So go to some of those. You may need to get your communications secretary involved as well, right? When I was in the city of Orlando, I went to every radio station, every newspaper. We had, I have a whole notebook this big of just articles from my cooking school in the Orlando. I had over 600 in my cooking school in Orlando, Florida. And so, do advertising. The narrow few principle is simply this, my friends. The fewer advertising uh, 
opportunities that you take, the fewer people you will have. So if you do a lot of advertising, you'll have some good people at your help program. And then pre-register these people. Have an opportunity to have a little card, have a, have a brochure. I have a brochure every time. And on that brochure, they can pre-register. So that is principle number four. Principle number five is organize and prepare your program. So here you have, what's number one? You tell me, class, what's number one? Consider the end from the beginning. Where are you going? Where are you going? Are you putting it all into a strategy? Do you have a strategy for your health program or is it just a hit or miss? Do you have a follow-up at the end? Do you have evangelistic meetings? Are you introducing them to Jesus, the me real medical evangelist? And so where are you headed? And then principle number two is what? Select a team. Select a team. And then principle number three? Train and equip a team. Principle number four. Determine. Okay. Do your advertising and then prepare and organize your program. Okay. So prepare ahead of time. Get everything ready. In a cooking school, two hours before my display tables are done, two hours before all my trays are set up, all my pans, all my spoons, every single thing I'm using in that cooking school on that tray. The bowl that I need, the spoon that I need, the knife that I need, the ingredients are all measured out. Every single thing is done on a tray and all my seven, eight, nine trays, whatever I'm doing, are all lined up on a table. So everything is organized ahead of time. You are organizing everything ahead of time. And then number six is what? Just launch your program. Arrive early. Pray. Pray with a team. Pray that God will send some people because you've done adequate advertising. Pray that God is going to bless you in your lectures because you've prepared. Pray that God is going to bring the right people that not only have a physical interest or have a an interest in their physical health, but will also be catapulted into an interest in their spiritual health. And God will do that for you. And then place a priority on your guests. Don't be running around the last minute to try and put things together. I just stand there at the door when people come in because I'm ready two hours ahead of time. And stand there. There are people working around and trying to get ready and hustle and bustle. You don't get to know the people. You need to place a priority on those people because why are you doing this anyway? Yes, you want to help them physically, but you want really to help them spiritually, right? You want to help them spiritually, so you place a priority on your guests. And then number seven, just going to do seven today. We have many, but we're going to do just seven. Introduce and implement your follow-up. Introduce and implement your follow-up. How do you do that? Well, you may have sequenced health programming. I like to start with the health expo. That's a good place to start, right? Because you're introducing the eight natural remedies and you bring people into a health expo. Then you go into a, some kind of a smoking or breathe-free program. Then you can go to a natural lifestyle cooking because now people are saying, hmm, 
I've been gaining weight. I stopped smoking, but I've been gaining weight. I don't know how to deal with this. And so you have a cooking school. Then, or you may have some eight steps to wellness. There's all kinds of different programs, stress management. You do some kind of sequence programming so that you tell your people at your health program, now those of you that would like to sign up for our next program, this is when it will be. You see why you need a strategy? You see why you need to plan? It's not, health ministry, my friends, is not a hit or miss program in a, in a church. We do not just have a hit or miss program on this program or that program. It's all tied together, synchronized into public evangelism. We say, okay, we want 12 weeks uh, on the book of Daniel, 12 weeks before the evangelistic meetings. We want eight weeks to wellness. We're going to have eight weeks before the program. We're going to have five nutrition classes, five weeks before the evangelistic meetings. And then you reap all these people. You begin to see the point. This is how you get real results, my friends. I've been in this thing with health ministry, health evangelism, and public evangelism for 35 years, and I'm still learning. I, I don't know everything, but certainly God has taught us something over these 35 years, having done it also all around the world. You think I knew how to conduct a cooking school in Poland when I went there? I didn't know how to do that. But I learned, and God blessed. Amen. And so uh, you have sequence health evangelism, and then you have your evangelistic meetings. So whatever you choose, it may be, uh, it may be, uh, you know, a chip program. It may be, um, you know, depression or whatever it is, but you line it up. You have sequence health evangelism. You develop your spiritual interests. You, we have a little forum in my book, Light Your World for God. How many of you have ever been through our Light Your World for God? Some of you. I need to get a book here, I guess. But it's Light Your World for God. And in there, I have a form that's called Yours for the Asking. The first time when we did this at a health program, someone said, you are crazy. Why are you putting Bible studies on a list for the things that you're offering. Nobody's gonna take Bible studies. The first time we did this, we had 22 people sign up for Bible studies. Throw out the bait, right? And see who's gonna bite. There may be somebody out there that's going to bite. Yours for the asking, 25% of the people will respond to even something spiritual. They will respond. And, then, and, and you know what you can do? You just transition them from one program to another. Yes, Dr. Mills. I just had a question. Do you do anything besides the printed there? Do you say something from the front? Oh, yes. You know how you got that 25% or whatever? Yes, we do. We simply say this. And we have a little form, and it says, I would like uh, the magazine on health that you're offering. Check that box if you'd like that. Then it will say, our next cooking school is going to be uh, August 20, you know, one beginning or whatever, and then you have the dates, and then you have a chip program or whatever you're listing in there. And then we simply say, now, if you're interested in the next cooking school that's going to be taking place in August, just check that box, and you can pre-register for that. And 
now some of you here may also be interested in Bible studies. We've not really talked a lot about the spiritual because this has been a health class. But some of you may want to probe the spiritual. And if you would like to learn more about how you can study the Bible systematically, just check that box. And we put that on yours for the asking. And the first time, and we've had many results since, we had 20, 21, 21, 22 Bible studies that came as a result of that. And so we simply say that. And, and everybody has the form. And then as they're going out, we simply say, now give that, give your form to one of the hosts or hostesses at the door as you leave. And then we will also publicly say up front a transition like this. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you have been attending my natural our, our natural lifestyle cooking class for the last five weeks. And you've learned principles on health. In fact, you've learned principles of how you can live even eight to 10 years longer. Now we've studied that in our class and if you follow these principles, now I recognize that there are hereditary factors and environmental factors, but if you follow these principles, basically you're gonna live longer. But we have some other classes that are going to help you to live a million, trillion, zillion, gillion, if there's ever a word, years, all through eternity. And if some of you are interested in that, we have another program called Discoveries 08, or Revelation of Hope, and we would like to invite you to our Revelation of Hope. Now, ushers, would you pass out the brochures right now? And we actually pass out our evangelistic brochures in our cooking school. And then we say to them, now, we'd like you to be our special guests at opening meeting. And we have reserved seats. And if you would like a reserved seat at our opening meeting, now this is a spiritual meeting, this is on Revelation, we would like to have you fill out this pre-registration card and they fill it out. And then we say, now as you go out tonight, you can just give that to one of the hosts or hostesses at the door. And they give it to us at the door. And do you know that I've, we've transitioned 20, 30, 40, even over 100 from our nutrition classes into the evangelistic meetings that way. So you can transition. Yours for the asking, very important. What are you gonna do for follow-up? Are you gonna have a Bible study? Are you gonna help these people? Are you gonna bring Bible lessons to them? Are you gonna do a new beginnings? Are you gonna do a revelation of hope? We have all these materials. The best follow-up that I know right now is Discoveries 08 DVDs. They are winning literally thousands of people. We just had recently someone come up to us and say, we just learned of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in this message. We're so excited. How did you learn? Through the uh, last series that Pastor Finley did, Discoveries 08, on, uh, through the DVDs. You don't even have, you can just give them. You can give them out. You can give them on a loan basis, a library. And you do that as a follow-up. You don't have to hold the evangelistic meeting yourself. Get the DVDs. You can get them even now through uh, Heart Research or Color Press. And 
you can uh, just take them and give them out. Give them out one by one and use it as a library and you will find that you're going to win souls. So have something as a follow-up. Evangelistic meeting. You can hold it yourself. We have all the materials for that. We have Revelation of Hope so that you can actually preach it yourself. We have the DVDs. We have, there's the materials are out there, my friends. Materials are no problem, but what are you going to do? But do something and then trust God and he will bless you and he'll give you results. That's all we're gonna do in this session. The next session we're going to do is what is medical evangelism? So you're gonna, let's pray and then we'll take a little break. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can go out and work for you. Lord, help us to be bold, help us to be unashamed, help us to be willing to go and work for you. And Father, most of all, we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in our next session, we're just going to take a little break. In our next session, we're really going to cover some of this material that we've been talking about of why you should have health evangelism in your church. What are the real reasons that you should even think about this? I mean, why take all the time and the effort to do that? Next class. And we'll do that in just a few minutes. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.